This is a HeadGum Podcast. I don't, I don't care, and I've only done one of these, so I can't. Um, the couch was nice, but I haven't sat in the chair. But uh, it's up to you. I, when I offered John, Jonathan Hodgman, John Hodgman, yesterday, he said he enjoys a swivel chair, so we took. The swivel uh, chair. I, I, if it's good enough for Hodge, <laughs> all right. It's good enough for me. Um, thank you for doing this. Oh, too. thanks for having. Are you a podcast person? I've done people's podcasts. I don't. Yeah. I don't have one. It's not a civic obligation, David. Uh, that's where you're wrong. I This is much like jury duty. I got something in the mail, uh, and it said I it was my time to do a podcast, and then I you know, went through... You can only turn it down twice, right? Yeah, you can turn it down twice, and I said, oh, I'm going to be uh, in Europe, and I can't do it. And so that was mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, I said, oh, I'm going to be in uh, Australia, and I can't do it. And then they said, well, you can Zoom it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I find know. Zooming unsatisfying. I find it unsatisfying to listen to and look at. I and agree. Participate in. Uh, I had a fake. Well, that's why I wanted want to do these things in person. Oh, it's no, no, I understand. Um, the, I had a fake podcast. Arden Mirren and I pretended we had a, part, a podcast called Pardon My Tangent. <laughs> Yeah. And so now I've taken it once. A, my, now I have a fake podcast called Pardon My Tangent and There's Been a Murder. <laughs> but I've heard, I've look heard at you... that Karen Kilgariff. She's done pretty yeah. good with the murder. Oh, are you kidding? That's why I'm here. I mean, it's like I I can't – I don't want to look a gift horse in the gaping asshole, but hey. I think uh, – I think – I mean, this is what – to do now i will say this mm-hmm. i have uh uh come around on podcasts because uh when i had to do press for uh, uh the the special that i shot but had the tour was canceled uh, mm-hmm. due to covid and i did uh i'm from the future and i had to go promote that and you know back in the day it was all you do a couple to talk shows and then you do some kind of you know uh, AOL live type thing mm-hmm. and then a bunch of phoners and serious sit radio in a chair tour. at the four seasons yeah you know you do all that stuff and and um and those most of those went away and it was a podcast for the first time I went out and I did a bunch of podcasts and I really really enjoyed it and I yeah I thought it was uh whether it was somebody I knew or somebody like yourself that I've known for uh, decades uh, or just somebody, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is a pretty popular podcast with, you know, 18 to 32-year-old uh, Persians. And they're like, oh, great. All right. That's and uh, I don't know if Persian, you're allowed to say Persian anymore. Why? What happened? I don't know. I just read some somewhere that Patricia Arquette was uncomfortable saying that in True Romance. Uh, oh, is it, it true? I, oh, I, I didn't know I, that. I, I, did, I don't well, what's know. Well, what's the preferred... I, um, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Or maybe she was just uncomfortable 
saying that. I don't know. Maybe she has a, a, a speech impediment, and that's a word. That, no, she that said it. She did manage to say it in the film, vowels. and it sounded fine. Um, oh, but, I don't know. Well, I apologize if anybody took offense to that. I canceled. This has already been canceled. But <laughs> I, I find that uh, I do enjoy uh, some podcasts, and and also. You tend to be a guest on podcasts so much, it's like having a podcast. But yeah. I feel there's many, many podcasts. Uh, if I had something very interesting to bring to the table, I, I might rethink that. But I I don't. And I don't want to create content for the sake of creating content. And uh, I also feel the more you put yourself out there, the more you give people a reason to dislike you. Um, you know the phrase, you're your own worst critic? It's not true, David, <laughs> as it happens. Right. I say, I've said that a million times. And... I I just feel like so. Who's your worst critic? Oh, there's many of them. There's um, there a, a couple uh, holdovers from the Iraq kerfuffle <laughs> who are still at it. But the um, they're still at it. Still at it. But the, <laughs> their, their blood their blood pressure hasn't. Uh, well, they've made you would think they, they've aged with me. You know, you think they <laughs> right. and they were older than me then. So right. But they're still they're still at it. Just but, every morning they're waking up going, God damn, yeah, Janine, yeah, Janine Garofalo. It's like saying Susquehanna Hat Company. <laughs> every day, Susquehanna Hat Company. <laughs> Slowly I, I turn. turn. <laughs> but I, I also, some podcasts, though, it, there has been times intermittently where I don't understand what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Like there seems yeah. to be no there there. There seems to be. And then it, it goes on and on and on. And I don't even know what could be edited together. And then there's times when it's done live, mm-hmm. which is a very long process. That's a lot to ask of people, especially if there's too many guests on sometimes live. You and mean like not, a show, like yeah, at the like town when they, hall There was or an whatever. existing podcast yeah. and then it's done live at, yeah. say, uh, Moon Tower Festival, what have yeah. you. And uh, too many guests all trying to talk over each other or anything like that. And sometimes they're very interesting. I'm, I'm not a, a naysayer about podcasts in general, but I do think, like anything, it's case by case. But people love them. Yes, they do. And I watched uh, the Smartless Netflix mm-hmm. series, and uh, very, and I had not listened to it before, but I knew I li- would like to see those guys do that. Mm-hmm. And it was just as, they themselves are just as enjoyable, and you uh, also they're being authentic. You see their relationship, yeah. and um, I've always been a, a huge Will Arnett, uh, Jason Booster. Bateman, uh, fan, and of course, uh, Sean, Sean Hayes. I mm-hmm. I like him very much too, and um, I don't. It's isn't it something that Sean is always the afterthought. I don't. No, no, no. What I was going to say is I don't know him personally. I like him. I've I, I've I met like him a couple him, times. He's yeah. awesome. He, he's yeah. very cool. I've had dinner with uh, those guys mm-hmm. a bunch, and uh, um, but it's always <laughs> Jason and Will. Comma, oh, it wasn't and, an afterthought. Wasn't an afterthought in any way. It's just that Jason and Will I have been lucky enough to have met. Right. And uh I did actually Sean Hayes and he would probably never remember this many years ago. We did a sketch on a Penn and Teller, a short-lived Penn and Teller mm-hmm. show together, and I accidentally shot him in the eye with an air gun. Jeez. And the Ow, I was what, supp- really oh, yeah, man. yeah. Well they had a a, a thing and they severe. said uh just pull the trigger. And um, I guess a pu- the puff of air hit his eye very oh, hard. Ouch. And this is yeah, pre rust. This yes, and listen, I don't want to drag. I I feel a lot of compassion for uh, everybody involved, but I do I do uh, feel that Alec Baldwin is really being raked over the coals. Yeah, and seems sued like it. Unnecessarily, seems, and seems the New like York it. Post, as usual, delights in every yeah, second yeah, yeah. of it. And uh, I I do feel that. Uh, uh, 
it must have taken a huge toll on everybody involved's life, but I do feel there uh, he is not ultimately the one responsible for no, whatever no, happened. Absolutely. And uh I, and it's it's odd that it it you know, I I have sympathy and for for him and he's a person I don't I never oh, did I have any. I actually always have liked him a great deal too. He's always been very very yeah. nice to me and it's not one of the things like, well, he's nice to me. But I, he, he's, I've seen him, be, when he hosted SNL when I was on it, that was one of the greatest times I ever had doing anything. He couldn't have been funnier, couldn't have been better at it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just a joy. And then I did a movie with him called Thickest Thieves, and again, incredibly nice to me, and funny and fun. Um, I, I, I've, uh, well, that's great. I've, I've heard the opposite uh, from people who've worked with him. Well, that's that one of those things where you, we all have, uh, could probably... Uh, find people who will say that about us. Uh, I, I don't, you know what I mean? It's I, I, and I, again, I don't like that kind of thing. Like, I don't care what this person does. He's nice to me. I don't believe right. in that. Uh, I don't have mm-hmm. that feeling. What I'm saying is, is for this rust situation, unbelievably uh, I'm with tragic. You. Uh, yes. And awful. And I don't, yeah, I've only I don't seen think he's him be nice. And we use on Larry Sanders. Yeah. Very kind, nice, very talented. And uh, that's my experience with him. And uh, also, he's got about 750 new children, all under the age of seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife seems very fertile. Yeah. So well, they're Orthodox Jews, so. Apparently. Well, yeah. something. Uh, or or like the Duggars, yeah. in that you just- er- Another religious extremist. A- any kind yeah. of religious extremist. Populate, populate, populate. Populate, populate, exactly. Be fruitful and multiply. Wombs be damned. Quality yeah. of life issues be damned. But I, I do feel like uh, the stress- that has affected anyone involved with this over the last number of years. And it's not over. The, yeah. the lawsuits will keep coming. And because uh, I'm sure there's plenty of craven people who think if there's money to be made off this, they sure. will do it. Uh, absolutely. But moving on from that topic. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You shot it's Sean your po- Hayes. It's your podcast. It is. It is. Um, Janine, what yes, is. Uh, <laughs> what is. Uh, actually. I'll start off with this, which I've been mm-hmm. asking uh, everybody. Oh, have we started? It started. Oh, yeah. It started, started when we walked I figured, in the room. I was talking to the mic just in case. I figured, yeah. I figured we started. Um, tell everybody uh, the first time about the first time we met. Well, uh, it may, this is my recollection of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I met you uh, through either Laura Keitlinger or the stand-up scene I'm not positive which one or the cave, which one, but you were still at Emerson. I was still at Providence College. You had just been asked to leave Emerson <laughs> shortly be, shortly before we met. I thought it's because you were trying to steal a mailbox, but you told me fairly recently that's not what it was about. No, well, you're conflating a couple things. We It wasn't a mailbox. It was a USA Today newspaper right. uh, machine, which we actually got very close to like a block away from the dorm then the cops came and then we left it there because it's heavy as shit man the fucking right. <laughs> those things are heavy and uh and then they left and we waited half an hour and just went back and got it and finished was the that, walk it, up because the... because it was essential to have that in your in your home you you really want you're going to use it for like shelving or storage space or... well uh, i wanted to save the money that each uh, issue of the paper you cost, but if it's in your apartment, you're not getting new issues. You would right. only have well, the that's issues that, that are... I found out. I found that out later. I you're thought very, they would just figure fella. it out feel, on the roof. I feel you would know that. You, they... were, you were drunk, I presume. Oh, for the entire eighties, right? Uh, but I was. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I find it difficult to believe and that 90s. you would think that. Boy, am I say there's going to be new papers every day in this in this contraption that I've now taken like a magical. And no, I'll save I expected so much somebody money. to. They would say, "Oh, the newspaper box. Uh, where did it go?" And then they mm-hmm. would uh, consult the tracker, and then they go, "Oh, it's at and, oh, it's at David's th- place. It's at three eighty five Beacon Street." I'll just deliver all the Street. papers there. Yeah. Okay. Not all the papers, but the papers for the machine would go in there, right. and then when the guy left Mr. or Cross, woman, whoever Mr. it is, Cross, I'm here for the papers. <laughs> Wake up! You sleep so late. Use all you guys are sleeping so late because. I don't get it with the college kids anymore. Listen, in oh. my day, you didn't sleep you'd past seven. You'd get up seven. at 5 a.m., you'd make an egg sandwich, you'd eat a brick of cheese, and you'd go to work and you, you wouldn't complain. That's still the same. You get your donkey from the Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yes, because we were in, in Boston. Boston, yes. Yep. You yep. get your, dun- your donkey. Um. Yeah, I think it was through Laura. I wanted, Laura, uh, Keitlinger. Laura Keitlinger. Fantastic and then, uh, yep, um, uh, one of the greats, and uh, and then of course just the continuing in the scene, right? Um, that you helped uh, uh, put an uh, philosophy to, and I uh, did. That's you that's didn't. giving you me did, uh, too no, much credit. It's just, that that's not, very kind when people no, say that, but it's I bullshit. I didn't. It, Janine, you David? did. You continued to do it when you went to L.A. Uh, no, you're not getting an award. You're not getting. I don't, a, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that. But I, it's true. I, I mean, just I do, stop. I, it's true. It is okay. absolutely true. And if enough of us, meaning all of us, oh, that, there's say nothing it, more powerful than a fixed idea. People, and, oh, and even please. if it's in, that's you, a fixed idea is what you're demonstrating. You're demonstrating was, a fixed idea that you had dare, didn't have how anything. How dare you <laughs> accuse me? Of having a fixed idea after I have just said that you have a fixed idea. Anyway, but there's another part of thing that I'm not quite sure of. Like when you came to Los Angeles uh, for the Ben Stiller show. Now, I mm-hmm. think we had started. And did I tell Judd about you? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Judd read a sample? Uh, yes, I had. Uh, I was hanging out with you. I'd come out to L.A. You were you had moved out there. I think you were. Were you doing something with Dennis Miller or something at that point? Or um, I, th- I did, I would, I did stand up on his show. I might have done a failed pilot with him or something. I don't yeah. recall. But uh, Jimmy Miller, his brother, right, was helping me. I think out. that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But you, you had just been to LA and things were going really well for mm-hmm. you. Um, and I came out to, uh, I mean, crash at your place and and just uh, you know hang out. And, and the earthquake and for the earthquake for the, the Whittier, for the Whittier earthquake. earthquake that's right which you ran past me I, David, I was on David, the couch. Wake up. David right there, said, David get up this earthquake <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and you were in your uh, Little Mermaid PJs nightgown and then uh, and then was I? <laughs> no I'm kidding I was gonna say I don't think they had <laughs> no, the Little Mermaid then I don't know uh, but uh, I remember vividly that my dream was that people were. Uh, shaking, shaking the couch and I was laughing and I was like Haha, and I kind of woke up laughing until you were ran by go get up it's an earthquake <laughs> and um, and then I was oh wait what and then it was kind of over fairly quickly right. but it was what I learned later was a rolling earthquake yeah. which was fun and then I remember thinking and believing for a long time uh, 
Earthquakes are fun. Until the Northridge Until earthquake. The Northridge, which was Not one fun. of the scariest, yeah. aw- most awful, upsetting things. After a night at Luna Park. And I was still, uh, it was a Sunday night at Luna Park, oh Bethel thing. And I was still, I was just, had rolled in late night, intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Had just, I think, just laid on the floor to like watch TV or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, here we go. But I was very pleased that I was still dressed. And yeah, nice. And... The very next day, though, that morning, I had to leave to fly to, um, and there were still flights oh leaving. Oh, God, you're so lucky that you didn't have to go through all the aftershocks. Well, and, as a, and as it, oh. listen to this, though, uh, and this is, uh, it's going to sound exaggerated, this, this is true. As I walked outside to go to the airport, my car had been stolen that night, just coincidentally. Wow. That, that, that my Geo Metro. And that's the, I, maybe you remember this story, but when the cops found it, a, a police officer called and said, we think we found your car. Uh, there was a number of, of cassettes. Uh, can you identify? He said, mind bomb, VV. <laughs> 10,000 maniacs. Uh, and, and it was a script to the bridge. Like he was reading it. But when he said mind bomb, VV. From the, the, yeah, I was like, right. that's my, yeah, that's my car, that's my car. And it had been just like, apparently the Geo Metro was oft a frequently and easy to steal car. Mm-hmm. I had just got it, but that was one of those things. So then I, um, I had my uh, car stolen in LA too. Right yeah, just a, happened, on Franklin, right yeah. uh, behind uh, La Poubelle. It happens all the time. Yeah. Mugged and car stolen. It's just, it's now these days here, like like many of you, I've been hit by a bike thrice fold. Yes, you get hit by a bike all the time in New York now. Here, just, I, uh, twice, but um, no, I, I messed up a finger, but nothing major. Well, it's just merely annoying, uh, yeah. but it happens all the time, and it's quite dangerous because the bike is not stopping. The bikes are not yeah, stopping. Yeah, and now you got the e-bikes. The e-bikes, the ter- bikes, they're tearing down. Crazy. You can't hear them, and they go in 25 miles an hour. I know. Why not? Listen, and you can't Kate, hear them. Listen, last... I don't know why I'm still doing an accent. Last, uh, the November before last, I got hit by a car, which was exciting. Oh, I didn't know that. It was fresh. Did I know that? Novel, unexpected. Shit. I don't know. But getting hit by a bike is just, is really irritating. But in get, I feel that getting hit by a car means something. But yeah. getting hit by a bike. Um, it's, it's kind of the difference between. It's like an episode a, of Law and Order. It happens every day. <laughs> yeah. To everyone. Um, I would say that the. Northridge earthquake was one of the loudest things I've ever heard. It sounded like a train. And it, was, yeah. it was and creaking and screeching mm-hmm. and like metal on metal and uh, that combined with all the transformers exploding right. and stuff. Um, which brings me to this question because the name of the podcast is Senses Working, Working Overtime. Overtime. What XTC? Is, uh, yeah, they I couldn't afford the rights of the music, but oh. um, I think we're going to have Rivers do the music. Okay. So, yeah. Um, what is the loudest thing you've ever heard? Um, gosh, I the loudest thing. I wasn't prepared for some reason for that. The herd, because I I thought it was going to be like best worst you've ever heard. Because oh, I, I, I can, in my I mind can, I had I can do that. But I don't want to. I, I can do that. It's fine, okay. and we can sniff around and okay. uh, uh, no worries. I don't. I don't. I'm, this isn't about surprising. No, and no, all no. I wasn't that. It's yeah. just for some reason in my mind, I had the question might be involving what's best or worst thing you've ever heard, but loudest thing I've ever heard. Um, gosh, there's probably been several things, but that earthquake was quite loud. But um, 
Oh, manhole cover exploding right outside uh, where I live in New York was uh, uh, unbelievably loud and uh, and jarring. And it was like at five or six in the morning and and Pete and I happened to be awake because we do that. And I was making a beaded necklace. And um, I keep forgetting you're 82. Uh, I know. Well, beads are for all. They're the young, the old. Uh, I think just the young and just and the this old. Was, I was younger then. I was actually only like 42 making that when this happened. But it was, and then not only that, but it hit a window oh and then must have bounced and then hit the street again. So it was in a, in a quiet, Wait, is echoey, this pre 9-11 or post 9-11? Uh, this is, uh, I think, uh, gosh, I don't remember. If I was 42, let's see, in. 2001. So pre 9-11. Uh, probably right yeah. around there. But I, I mean, remember. everything ch- after 9-11, all the little things like that were just completely ramped up right. for years. But for, this would have been in any context. Right, sure. Um, I And I like to just stick with 1911, 9-11, 1973 when Salvador Allende was oh, and and right. uh, Augusto Pinochet was installed with the help of the CIA. That never forget. What about Seven Eleven in London? Seven Eleven. Uh, oh, they have Seven Elevens. Uh, they do, but that's not what I'm talking about. They have a Seven Eleven is when there was a terrorist uh, attack. Oh, <clears throat> right. In London, I so. didn't know they called it Seven Eleven. It seems like they would call it Eleven Seven. Uh, oh, because they do it backwards. Yeah. It so was, it was it, on the. It was. Yeah. I see. It is already backwards. I don't know. Uh, you don't know. Do you? Don't, Nicole, you just, look it up. Look it up. And Nicole. also, it seems like we're being glib. <laughs> we're glad we're not being glib about this. Um, and what with the queen? I feel. I still feel terrible about the queen, but she got into a deathbed. That that is her first and last. Don't get into a deathbed. Yeah, I say this all the time. Yeah, there's so many mattresses now, David. Purple. They come in boxes. Casper. Yeah, yeah. Casper no need yeah. to get into a deathbed because. Look, if it's comfortable, you it's comfortable. Shan't get out, and you know it's. This is Are a lady who was. Though? A, it, well, we'll never know. Queen gets know? into a deathbed. She was around for so long. Yeah, it was. It, nobody saw it coming. It was just no, so not at sudden all. It's a shocking. huge. Least of all, Charles. Yeah, um, who some and say Meghan Markle? <laughs> oh, from Suits. The queen hated Suits. Um, there's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, sorry. So the loudest thing. Yes, that's the loudest thing. That Conti- sounds. Please continue. That sounds. That was loud. I didn't even think of that until you just brought it up. And did you see any of it, or you just heard no, it no, no, and then no, found out later? Became clear. We rushed to the window, oh, and it became clear uh, right after that. And and the dogs were got oh, very upset. 
And uh, in looking at what happened, and then a few people who were, you you heard the crash, and then you could see a manhole cover that was there <laughs> where it ought I can't do the not sound, to have the, been. Like when you spin a quarter and it takes it didn't. Do, it just thudded down because it was it's so heavy. Oh, but it was very, very hot, and the steam obviously was accruing underneath it and just... That's crazy that there would be... The pressure would build up enough to... It happens. I mean, when you, whenever I see steam coming out of those manhole covers, I, I, I am a little yeah. wary all sure. the time because eventually, it's just physics, I guess. Is it physics? Uh, it the, that kind of pressure, it will just. But sh- sh- shouldn't they have something to alleviate that pressure? So well, they do. Some... They have holes in the manhole right. cover. But so what I happened? guess what was the issue? There might have been uh, uh, perhaps a fire mm. also adding to go. it in the subway system. I'm just speculating. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if you were standing on that? That I know. Thank God it was like five. Five-ish Finkel in the morning, about five in the morning or around that area because the, uh, and I'm sure it has happened where people have been gravely injured, if not fatally injured by mm. that very thing. Yeah, that's, that's scary. And, uh, yet I'll another say. reason for people to stay away from New York City uh, and the hellscape it's become. You're just if, saying that because you want it all to yourself. I do, no, I'm saying that because I only watch Fox News and oh right, and, and they will show Newsmax. flooding footage over the same footage over and again, the, the, uh, over again, so that your parents will te- be yeah. alarmed on your behalf, even though it's nowhere. And I, I was shocked at what uh, that uh, Black Lives Matter was responsible for the flooding and for the torrential rains. Well, Fox Net says yeah, it, uh, and it and is, that weather machine. Yeah, yeah. The Jews, the Jews control the weather. Pelosi. Um, okay, so uh, you were prepared to answer this. So, what is the best thing you've ever heard? Okay, well, I the answer to that. Uh, am I allowed to elaborate as to why? Uh, of course. Actually, okay, it has to do with uh, two different pieces of music. Okay, and why? The first one is uh, when I arrived at Providence College. Unfortunately, a day early because for orientation, because I lived far from Providence College, and most of the kids who went to Providence College lived near, so they were going to arrive day of orientation. So I And you had come from Houston? Texas, yeah. And Tejas. Um, Tejas, unfortunately. <laughs> and so my dad and brother dropped me off, and then they left, and uh, my stuff had not arrived, UPS, but I was in the dorm. There was a, a handful of other kids, but basically, and I already sensed I've made a big mistake coming to Providence College, <laughs> which I did. It's... Was not right. For, had had not you scouted it or anything? No, beforehand? it was the only college that accepted me. Hmm. Um, That's why so I, I was had to go. And uh, I slept on a bunk with no sheets, and th- none of this is a hardship. That's that's fine. But it's that kind of sense of ennui you have that feeling of I feel kind of lonely. I feel a little scared. I don't know what's coming. And, and it's a big t- t- deal. You are now an adult. You're out of home. Right. right. You're- and, and that, you're alone. There's, there's things to be pleased about with that, too. I, sure. I'm not sentimental about my dad and brother. You know, I was looking forward to I, No, I totally get I, I think everybody can relate to that feeling of, like, it's a new chapter. It's right. exciting. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, a little daunting. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's all those things. But luckily, I did have um, that I was – because in those days, you could carry – quite a bit i had in the suitcase on the plane that that mm-hmm. and in that like a radio mm-hmm. thing you can pl- a clock radio that i could plug in i know what a radio and is. uh and, well for younger viewers i was gonna say listeners uh i found w 
BRU, Brown University's yeah. station. Sure. And a song, the first song that came on was Numbers with Wings by the Bongos. And it's what's considered back then college radio, then was indie music and then alternative music, but, you know, left of the dial. Yeah. And it just, if you're open to it, if you have taste, I'd like to think, you you hear music that's different than what the the mainstream that you, when you're growing up in the suburbs, whatever you tend mm-hmm. to, back in those days of terrestrial radio, mm-hmm. you are told. Now that it started to change a little bit with MTV, because they didn't have a lot of content, so they had a lot of left of center videos back then. Mm-hmm. And I started hearing and seeing, like, I like this, whatever this different thing is, I like it. And all the programming on that night, all night long, I... One song after the other, after the other, I was like, this is great, this is great, this is great, this is changing me. Mm-hmm. And luckily, uh, in Rhode Island and Boston at that time, there was no end of venues for all of these uh, bands that you were hearing uh, may I to see. I have said, and I think about it every once in a while, how insanely lucky I was to go from the Atlanta-Athens music scene which is the good. Boston the Athens music scene, music scene was has always traditionally been quite good. Athens, yeah, GA, yeah. inside but, out. But but I mean uh, to go from there to Boston. Oh, and you're saying that one I, to the other. I've just been amazingly lucky, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then going to L.A. for that mm-hmm. the music that was coming out then, and then going to New York for mm-hmm. you know uh, Strokes, yeah, 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 right. uh, uh, you know. Um, well, all of that, and there's always time. Good music is always there. It's so always there. I, I, I just didn't know when I was younger to go to the left of the dial to look to right. look for it, and I didn't know Drew University because I my in New Jersey where I mainly grew up before I went to Texas. Uh, my Would neighborhood you, could sort you of say abutted, Tejas, please. Tejas, my neighborhood sort of abutted Drew University. I'm sure they had a radio station. I didn't right. know in my right. clock radio to look for it. And my older siblings were very much into whatever was the the albums everybody's older siblings had. Yeah. Right? That's not blanket bad. You know, there's certainly that's no, fine things yeah. within that. But there's something about if you if your ear if it catches your ear. And so it's also not about doing the lyrics well, too. And it's the about attitude. The lyrics, right. The lyrics, attitude is completely different than Right. There's 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 more thought put into it. And it's just different. Well, it also speaks to Something different. I mean, as right. opposed to Def Leppard and Brian Adams. Which and... I'll tell you, I love photographing. I'm not. I'm not. No, but, uh, I'm not knocking that. And at they all. seem nice. They kept the drummer, the one arm guy. But the, <laughs> so anyway, that opened up something within me that at that night. And are you? At, as that, that was, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt here. But, are you? You're not denigrating uh, Metallica for not at ditching all. the dead guy. No. Okay. Why are you dragging Metallica into this? Because you said uh, the curly Def Leppard was guy nice. Was very nice to my dog once. No, no, no. I was like the Def Leppard guys. They seem nice. They because waited they, for that drummer with the arm. Yeah, and but the but Metallica moved on after their hey, bassist died. To each his own. Okay. <laughs> to right. each their own. I thought you were Not, casting. Why would I, I didn't say anything about Metallica. So save your letters. Do you still write letters? <laughs> Don't write in. I I like Metallica. They are very talented and good. I like them. Well, yeah, me too. Uh, Any hoozle. So that, uh, because then I I had basically no friends. It didn't work out for me at Robbins College at all. But what did work out was seeing these bands, meeting communities through those bands uh, that you could see in these live venues. And also um, the connection of, of comedy, too. Like the mm-hmm. that, that was... Uh, 
and I'm very grateful for it because of how miserable it was, how, how badly it went for me at, at college. Yeah. And then uh, the summer before my senior year, I was in Somerville and because I, I wanted to be there doing open mics and stuff because I had started doing stand-up my junior year. Mm-hmm. And I was in Somerville with about three or four other roommates <laughs> sleeping on a floor. And again, just really, I'd been fired from the BU bookstore. I'd uh, been fired from- For what? The, oh, just b- being stupid, just, I don't know, just- Someone insolent? Getting fired. No, I, I'm very unintelligent in a lot of ways. I, I, do, I can't seem to follow simple rules. Like I, I, I'm not a quick learner in any, whatever it is, I get, got fired a lot. I'm not proud of that. But, uh, and I was just up, feeling bad. And on WFNX, a song by a band called The Blue Nile, which I had not heard of prior to that Scottish band, and the song Tinseltown in the Rain. To this day, that moves me. Mm-hmm. That song, that night, it's just one of those things that the, at night when it's like 4 a.m., you're just, mm-hmm. you can't, Some it feels wrong, it feels Something feels bad. This song, again, through a clock radio, was, made me just feel like that, Just it just lifted my spirits. It just was beautiful. It almost brought tears to my eyes. And I've been a, a since then, a lifelong Blue Nile fan. And I can still hear that song today, Tinseltown in the Rain, and feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is the beauty of music like that. Or anything outside the norm. Mm-hmm. And it's always shocking to me when people are not moved by music really one way or the other. Like I, it's, yeah, that's, it's neither uh, here nor I, there to I, them. I, that one just does not compute with me. But yeah, there are plenty of just, people who are yeah, like... Yeah, it's just one of those things. I, they literally say, I don't like music. I don't care or for music. Or there hasn't been any good music since. Uh, whatever well, that's, whatever that's that is. That, that's a whole other yeah, nonsense a thing. thing. But there's a lot of people who... Uh, are not moved by music one way or the other, yeah. or their taste in music to me is like, I cannot understand this. And you're paying money to see this person live. They're not even really singing that much. The lyrics are not clever. Yeah. I don't understand what's moving you about this music or why you care so little about what goes in your ear uh, in that way. But anyway, that was a very long-winded answer for that one. So. No, no, that's uh, I, I appreciate it, and it, it can be as long-winded and you know, descriptive and thoughtful as, as you want. Hey, folks, FrameBridge makes it easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. And we have! FrameBridge is fast. We ship your finished frame directly to your house in days. And FrameBridge pricing is fair and transparent. Pricing is based simply upon the size of your piece, and you know exactly what you'll pay up front. FrameBridge uses the highest quality materials and every one-of-a-kind frame is handcrafted by hands. We have a happiness guarantee. If you're not 100% happy with your piece for any reason, we'll make it right. Of course, happiness is subjective, but whatever. FrameBridge has framed over 2 million pieces and counting. And I'll tell you what, this is for real. I want to say about 7 or 8 of them are in my house because I've used FrameBridge Uh, multiple times, and they really are good. Anyway, FrameBridge has a curated selection of frame styles and design experts to make it fun and easy to choose the perfect frame for your piece. FrameBridge has a growing list of stores popping up all over America. 
We started online, but now have 21 retail stores in New York City, Boston, Philadelphia, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, Chicago, and Atlanta. When you visit a store, you can get one-on-one expert design advice and see our collection of frame styles in person. Visit framebridge.com to custom frame just about anything. Here's how it works. Order online at framebridge.com, and you can either upload a digital photo for us to print and frame, or mail us your art. We'll mail you free, secure, prepaid packaging to mail us back your art. I really have used FrameBridge a lot, and they're they're actually really good. (laughs) Visit framebridge.com to custom frame just about anything, not my penis. Um, You know, I distinctly remember... uh, specific times when i first heard something that made me stop and go what the fuck is this mm-hmm. i remember first hearing oh superman mm-hmm. uh by laurie anderson when mm-hmm. uh what was her name saxon brown was in my acting class at the uh, Northside high school in, in atlanta and she had we had been rehearsing or something and um and she drove me home and she, we were like in a uh my in front of my apartment building and it was on you know again it was a uh, uh i think wras um um georgia state radio uh, college radio where i you know that and uh georgia tech uh wrek i got all my music you know cool music stuff from and uh and i was like and she didn't she wasn't really listening i was like stop stop don't turn off the car hang on and i you know, it's a long song, but I was like, what the fuck? I have mm. to know who this is. I have to know what this is. Um, and then ultimately, later, I saw her in uh, live in, in Atlanta at the Peachtree Playhouse. And uh, I would I would put it as one of the five things that changed my life, mm-hmm. that sent it into a different direction, opening the ideas of what can and can't be done on stage and mm. what a performance is and uh um just amazing i'll never forget it and i had severe allergies and it was in the summer and i was at the top of the the peachtree playhouse i don't even know if it's there anymore but it was an old theater uh turn of the century and uh no air conditioning or anything this is in atlanta in the summer and I was, I was just like dripping, yeah. you know. The, I was like this the whole time, and I really wanted to leave, but I couldn't. It was so, uh-huh. uh, I mean, mesmerizing and, and brilliant. Um, so you were in the theater. It was hot. You had no, allergies. no. That's it. That's all. Just oh, that it was okay. an amazing. Uh, just I was so miserable physically. But it and, it, may, it changed that. Uh, the sounds and the what, well, what she was doing that. was was I'd never seen anything. I mm-hmm. not even that I hadn't seen anything. I just said it didn't occur to me that you could do like she had this one thing. So you know those uh, little they're kind of like mylar strips, and you they'll be like on a balloon or a greeting card, mm-hmm. and if you rub your thumb over them, it's like hi, how are you, or whatever. Uh-huh. It's like a I don't know what you call it, but it's like a little thing where they capture audio, and if you kind of yeah. rub it. So she had a long strip on the ground and a door and a door frame by itself just mm-hmm. on there. And she had uh, she had something on the, the bottom of the door so that when she opened and closed the door, it was like this whole like three sentence thing. And yeah. then she was using almost like uh, 
you know, this with the, <laughs> with the, with the, the DJ. With oh, the, like the scratching. scratching with that yeah, it's almost like scratching. Yeah. Like, and this is 1982, I want to mm-hmm. say. So, uh, I mean, it was just like, just, I was like, what the, f- that's brilliant. And mm-hmm. it was something that, it wasn't like technology. I was like, oh yeah, right. that's that thing on mm-hmm. the, when you get a greeting card and you open it up and it goes, right. hi, I love you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. What a cool thing to do. And, uh, there was lots of that in her show. And, um. I want to go back, and I and I apologize for jumping Fine. so far back, but I want to clarify something. It was about because uh, we the we the earth earthquake sent us off this other direction, mm-hmm. but so I had come out to L.A. Oh, right. uh, to hang out with you and just to see L.A. and mm-hmm. and get a feel for the comedy scene and all that, and just also to you know hang out and visit my friend and. Uh, um, and you and me and Ben Stiller went to the Snake Pit, which was the only. Right. I, and I, I had such an attitude about LA. I was like, "Fuck uh-huh. this place! I hate it." And I, the Snake Pit was the only. It was on Melrose, and was the yeah. only bar that was not a douche bar, right? Which it was not true. Uh, that in your because there was there. Bars that are not that you could walk to. Oh, that you could walk yeah, to yeah, for sorry. sure. No, no, unless of you course. want to walk to the Coach and Horses, which you could. Oh, or the I don't think we knew about the Coach and, and Horses. And I used to yet. ride my bike uh, to the Formosa with Miss Pam Siegel, now Pamela Adlon, because of drunk driving issues. So, <laughs> drunk ride our bike, drunks, drunks, drunk bikers, drunk bikes. But uh, yeah, that. I didn't love the snake pit, but it was literally one block from where I was staying. It, yes, I I, I should uh, clarify that in uh, as nice far as walking, mm-hmm. it was the only because Melrose was chock full of uh, bars and clubby things, and it was the only one that was felt like a yeah real bar, and I was that was very much my you know annoying East Coast attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we so I hung out with you and Ben. And then, uh, and we had a, you know, good time and had some drinks and stuff. And then, uh, um, uh, and then when you were on the Stiller show and I was in Boston, uh, pretty miserable and really at my, kind of the end of my rope of, uh, like, I was just sick of being poor. And, uh, and it was my own because I just didn't, you know, I was just working doing stand-up and getting you know money's under the table and mm-hmm. i lived with uh four other guys were you ever at that apartment the one that uh brian fraser called the uh the loser museum <laughs> i'm not sure i mean i had been at your apartment the one uh, it was the last one i lived in it was in uh, uh or not the last the one, one second with, last or, one. you lived with waterman and uh carl perry yes yeah, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. I was there because you remember yeah. what happened with Carl Perry. He said, "Do oh you my ever God, shut that's up right. to me?" Oh, with the He's knife. Like, well, you stop talking. Um, oh uh, no, I got. I went and got a knife. I right, slept with yeah, a knife. He was very upset with me. Well, it was also that that weird kind of like his eyes were oh, kind no, of it, up it in the back a, of the head and terrifying. And situation. it was a guttural like, "What you shut the fuck?" You know, yeah, like, "Oh my have, god." People have mentioned that I am pretty chatty. I mean, that that happens has happened. Dude, my that friend wasn't, that was in high school, Jim Barry would say, "I will pay you five dollars if you stop talking right now." Stop we talking. all, Dave, but, uh, Chris, I wasn't Christino, talking at Waterman. that time that no. loud. I think it was. People had gone to bed, but I don't, I think we... No, don't worry. It was crazy. It was nuts. It was crazy. So, yes, is the answer. I have been to that apartment. 
Uh, oh, no. You know what? That's not. But uh, I wouldn't call it a loser museum. No, that is not the apartment I was thinking okay, of. Okay. No, uh, then I haven't been to it. It was the museum. one with uh, Bob Wilson, Matt Graham, myself. Uh, and then I can't remember who else was in the corner. It was I in, in the projects believe... in Kendall Square and all the roaches. I don't believe I've been to the Kendall Square no. one. My so point anyway, is, so... I was, I was at the end of your tether. Yes, and uh, and then you said there's an opportunity for a uh, to staff as a writer on the Ben Stiller show, um, and I, I was also very, um, and I, I regret this, and I'm embarrassed by it, but my attitude was so annoying and obnoxious with this idea of like, I don't know, man, TV. Parody? Wait, right. That's not my bag, man. I'm about telling the truth or, you know, I'm doing a... a Except for a, SCTV, exa- um, which you would never badmouth SCTV. No, I wouldn't. It, it, and also I was like, it was it was just obnoxious and, uh, and you know, like, uh, what, what, you know, I was like 20. It was so, just, it's, it's just, just a young person's thing. It's a young person's thing. thing. Yes, I, I was, all I was missing was a clove cigarette and a beret and, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, but I was like, I don't know, man. And of course, who was I fucking kidding? I was, <laughs> it was the greatest opportunity that I ever had. And I'm here now because of that. Uh, you know, it all extends from that. So you, so I wrote some, I, I threw some uh, cross comedy sketches in. Uh, a packet, sent them to you. You gave them to Ben and Judd, and then next thing I knew, I was you know like being can, flown yeah. to. Uh, no, no, they didn't pay it? for that. No, uh, I know, but it was a. <laughs> I drove a lot cross country. For you, I, uh, I actually drove from Texas to Los Angeles too. But I really admire that you did that because that's actually quite frightening. And I remember thinking that at the time, like, can you just be here now? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was. Give up every. Everything's got to change. Uh, you've got to get here on your own, and then we're just going to start. Yeah. And I, I was like, I, I feel like I wouldn't have had the the chutzpah to do that back then. I would have been so anxiety-ridden that I was to, no thanks. I mean, I was, but I was really, I mean, I was, it was also, um, it was also October uh, in Boston, so think the seasons were, were, it was starting to get colder, I know what the winter's like in Boston. We didn't have heat. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, open the oven door and, and and crank up the heat and just like sitting in, you know, two pairs of socks and two pairs of sweats. Like, am I going to do this again uh, because of this idea of purity with cross comedy, my sketch group uh-huh. that's, uh, you know, and and it was, you know, ridiculous uh, backwards regressive way of thinking, but uh, uh I ended so I flew out and um and then Judd gave me like an extra day off or something so that I I left everything in Boston flew out started working on the show and then had I think it was 5 days to fly back to Boston get my car loaded up with whatever will fit my car I gave everything else away and literally just uh my Chevy Malibu that my mm-hmm. grandmom gave me uh that was her old car and I drove it in three and a half days from Boston door to door to L.A. Three and a half days, got back into work. Uh, I met. I'm. I'm going to forget his name. Uh, uh, it's Bob. O- o- George o- Burns. O- no, no, it was uh, Bob Okenderv. O- 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 uh, oh, okay. Because George Burns' office was below the offices. If oh, that's you may right. Recall, and he would go there every day still. Um, do you remember Rip Taylor being on the show? And I how do. We of course, all- I do. <laughs> 
But you're, uh, you're thinking of Bob, Bob, uh, Bob, oh, oh. Yeah, God, I get I it wrong every time. Oakland, I don't know what ever happened to him. He seemed really funny. Um, Bob Odin. He went, he went the dramatic route. He, Bill Odin. 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 Oaklander. Oaklander. Oakendorf. Durf Bacterf. Oakend. Wait, I'm confusing. Uh, uh, Durf Bacterf. Oakley, guy Oakley. My friend Dahmer. Um, um no. Graphic it's... novel. Uh, but he was a uh, Saul. Saul, he played Saul, 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 Saul Goldman. Saul, Saul Goldman. Saul, Saul on better, better Call Saul. That guy, right? Yeah, best to call Saul. Best, best to call Saul. You best be calling It'll Saul. It'll be And yeah, that guy. He was a uh, always liked him. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good, he's good, he went, good, he went good dramatic. Egg. He good went, uh, yeah. But I think he, he was into that purity thing too. Nobody ever heard from him again. Yeah. But Bob Odenkirk, that's his name. No. No? No. Mm. Uh, Nicole, Any, look up. Uh, what, who's the guy that, that we Bob all Odenkirk. we all hung out with? He had so much potential. <laughs> um, I remember it was the kind of thing where, uh, and I still had no money. I still have this kind of, um, as as my mother in law calls, poverty mentality because I grew up really poor and I was poor, but I was poor because of me. I'm not saying mm-hmm. any, you know, not when I was a kid, obviously, but later. Um, uh, you know, and I'd go home, I'd have my backpack, and before I'd go home, I'd be stocking up water and oh, Fritos, the services, yeah. paper plates. Let me get all my paper plates. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, toilet paper. Put it in there. Put it in there. But that's know? the beauty of having a backpack. For years, I did that. It is still oh, hard yeah. for me to resist at Union Hall in the Bell House. <laughs> the wagon <laughs> wheel toilet paper. Thing. It is just this instinct of, it's there. You know, uh, you want to know what I did? Or bounty paper towels. Listen, mm-hmm. I did... It was one of those festivals. It was in L.A. and it was either Fuck Yeah Fest or, or Fun the Fun riot Fun. One, the which one? Was it the L.A. Riot, the one downtown? No, Never no, no, no. Riot. It was. This is a long time ago, and I, I know I was living there because I had a car, or I was uh, maybe I was shooting Arrested or something. But I was th- staying there. But um, I was in the production office getting my paycheck, and they had a. It was last night, and they had a big, big. Uh, think of uh, snacks, like the individual snacks. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like, you know, 75, like a big yeah. thing. And I was like, what are you guys going to do with that sna- those snacks? And they're like, because they were all packing stuff up. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we're probably just going to get rid of them. I was like, oh, I'll take them. And I put them all in a black trash bag. Mm-hmm. I have money at this point. But and, no, but and it's, it's in my why, car. Why it was it in my car for a fucking month. And I would just drive and if I had and to go snack. to set. And I would just grab some Fritos. Like, but, don't throw them away. I'll also, take them. sometimes when you're uh, somewhere on location, uh, the bottled water is essential. So from craft service and they yeah. have it. And there is reusable water too. But it's if they have it, it's like the, in the if you're staying at a hotel or something, the cost on principle yes, I can't absolutely. bear. Well, there was that. a what, what was the thing uh, when we were working on in uh, in a uh, not Tal- what was uh, White White Sands, New Mexico? Uh, we worked on that oh, pilot. The, uh, what the one in Wilmington, Wilmington, Delaware? I'm confused. No, uh, wasn't it White Sands? Was it? Was it? It was. Where are you talking about Beat the Rain? Yeah, that that pilot Beat the Rain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I think that was Wilmington, Delaware. I could be wrong. Oh my God! I thought it. Well, that's completely. No, wrong. go ahead. You may be right. I I often. I am mean, wrong. one's a desert and one's a. I I may mid-Atlantic. be confusing two things, but but you and I have done more than one pilot together. Yes, that we've has done not plenty of. But this, stuff. so I think, t- tell about the, you're thinking of the other one. I'm thinking of a different one. <laughs> okay. So the one in. 
I'm, the the it, desert. Yeah, it was Beat the Rain. Beat the Rain, right. The one I'm thinking the of. the desert. Uh, right. Beat the Rain. That, uh, what's his face? Um, who's the disgraced director just just uh, moved to Israel? Uh, Brett Ratner was a producer uh-huh. on it. Um, yeah, about the uh, the uh, husband and wife poker, professional poker players, and then they hook up. Uh, they're going to reno or wherever it is and well, they're on their way driving what i remember is how many names there was for it, it was beat the rain ultimately but mm-hmm. there was at once it was called shot in pan reno mm-hmm. there was one that was called deal mm-hmm. i think or just deal something mm-hmm. like that um just glad, deal with it uh, no, no just, just, just deal, deal. Just if deal. it had been a sitcom it would have been just deal with right it. right right um but i think um dealers and then i think it was going to be called river like that which has right. to do with poker but, and and water and and what? But I think "Beat the Rain" was an interesting yeah, title. I'm a, glad it's the best of it. one. It's the best of it. Um, of and those. there was a, a, a couple directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one I think was Kinka Usher, who went on. He did Mystery mm-hmm. Men, and also he did the Taco mm-hmm. Bell commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think one might have been a wonderful, wonderful director named Jenna Ricker, who I went on to work with again. So she's wonderful. Um, did a movie about Nikola Tesla with her, but uh, that was an interesting now i think the two of us were stocking up on craft service <laughs> oh yeah uh, and both I mean, realized I that our kinship on that like even though we had known each other for a long time the fact that we both in fact on the larry sanders show my nickname given to me by jeremy piven was snack time because i was always <laughs> filling my backpack with oh, snacks to take from the craft service but anyway back to beat the rain that was a production rife with issues well the fact that they uh, they had to replace the uh, uh, real shaman that that they they were insistent on hiring a real like uh, shaman Indian rain right, but dancer. Wasn't, there wasn't a union. I think it was a union issue, which is strange because I don't. I know that sounds really? crazy. What I'm saying, union. Yeah, but there's he was a union going to be for a, rain dancers. No, there isn't a union for shaman, but, real shaman. Right. But as it happened, I think they needed to have union people working on the production. Uh, Something that's what I had heard. Yeah, but I was thinking of the act, like so they they hired a real rain dancer to p- portray a real rain dancer. It was a, oh, it was I a, thought there was an issue with the there, well, there, there is no union, things. and the, so there was an issue where well they had to keep hiring the person as a day player, which was mm. a lot more paperwork. But yeah, again, but I then don't, they they fired the uh, I, I you know they creatively fired the. Um, the real rain dancer, uh, because uh, he was also uh, giving B twelve shots to uh, the the extras or the background players. And why is so? What's wrong with that? This is back back before that. that I, would I mean, be I don't think you're allowed to. John I don't F. Think Kennedy you're would to. get B twelve shots. Well, I don't. The Rat Pack would get okay, B twelve shots. I don't shots. think you're allowed to do it just on your own. You can't just bring a bunch of syringes and B twelve. adult. I had no idea. I did. I didn't know that was happening. I certainly yeah, so would have. He was giving B twelve shots, in. and uh, apparently, uh, unbeknownst to him, he gave a shot to uh, one of the producer's dogs. Uh, what? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why and, would you do that? I don't know. Why would you be a rain dancing shaman? I don't know. There's many reasons to be a rain dancing shaman. Name, name seventeen. Uh, apparently, you get name seventeen. Well, number one, there's movie roles to be had. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. But so, um, there's there's value, I suppose, in these rituals. It's part of the human condition to like ritual, whatever. Uh, but 
when you mention a dog, now I got to take issue okay. because uh, I, the animal cannot advocate for itself. It is I'm not with in you. any totally. need. No, no, I know you're not arguing for oh, it. God, yeah, I didn't know about you that. Can't, I didn't you know can't about that at the time, and I'm glad I didn't know about that. Animals B12 shots. Well, I'm you sure know? you can, you but you nor right. should you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know why you would. Right. Unless he, unless the animal was sluggish, was it somebody's dog? Was it a working dog on set? It was, was a it producer. Just a do- no, it was a producer's. But dog. it was just dog, just on the set. It yeah, wasn't, no, it wasn't, wasn't like a. a well, part that's of the thing. that's a that's I don't like the sound of that. And then and then they they were not allowed uh, mm-hmm. to put in the at the end of the credit roll. No animals were harmed during the filming of well, Beat the Rain. They shouldn't be, and I'm I'm sure they stick that tag on. Listen, I've worked on many productions over the years where there are animals involved mm-hmm. and they're not quote unquote hurt, but they are put to work in a way I don't think they've signed up for. I don't like the way a lot of the handlers who are making a lot of money off their, mainly dogs I've worked with on mm-hmm. a number of productions. Uh, I don't like it. You know what I mean? And and you, all you're making this dog do is command, sit, t- work over and over all day Janine, and then there was Janine, one where Janine, they made the dog Janine, poop on command Janine, what dogs don't a uh, dog dogs are feeling sentient creatures that are not they don't say i'd like to go to work it's like a child hector you no. know what i mean um but uh the dog is getting treats that too many treats not that you the can dog. overfeed dog, the dog. Dog doesn't. But I do feel like a lot. Of, there would be. There was one movie I did, a Lifetime movie called "Girl's Best Friend," where there's dog, and uh, the dog would fall asleep in my arms routinely. That's how exhausted it was. And I would always say, "Please, just let it sleep. We mm-hmm. can just use the takes where it's sleeping, please." No, but we want it to do this cute thing where it reacts. Now that's a sign of a horrible film when you want the dog to react and to a, something and someone a, and said, a completely unethical actress who's not who's allowing that to happen and not. I, Tried so hard, David. Then on... you quit in a in a. And you... I didn't. No, we're. Ta- I'm not talking about beat the rain. Then I you didn't beat, quit. Then you, I, then I you bring a, a gun to set. Friend. Bring a gun uh, to set. Go to YouTube. It's on Lifetime. Uh, I'm sure I've done an Oxygen movie and a Lifetime movie. I don't think either one is able to be seen. But the YouTube I hear is very good. But I mean, what I'm saying is, whenever I've worked with animals, I am their uh, biggest advocate. Honestly, now beat the rain. I, I didn't know about this dog. And I'm very, I well, wish that, I had. It wasn't an acting dog. It was a, no, no, uh, I know. Offset, it, yeah. it doesn't matter if it's an acting. That makes it even worse. Yeah. So it didn't need a B12 shot. No. But, Pro- I don't, um, you know. So I mean, that, was that, so that, you keep calling it a rainmaker. I'm sure there's more professional name for it. The, sh- the shaman. Um, I mean, I'm saying that out to, of, I mean, that's what, uh, even in the, the, what do you call it? The, the, the cast list. It the, was. The ra- breakdown sheet or like the. You know, the. The call sheet. Call sheet. It's uh, you know, rain dancer, shaman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was there. I, I, you know, I don't. I didn't have any scenes something... with the the particular rain dancer. Shaman, no, but... I didn't either. I mean, I was just uh, it was uh, the thing at the gas station where the couple broke down, and uh, you know, I, I played the you know whatever toothless you know hillbilly but mm-hmm. desert version of. And of course, I was the friend of the main girl. I know. So because for. Aesthetic reasons. No, but you were you were the quirky, fun. I was the uh, I was the uh, I was the uh, like friend the... who just was supposed to throw in cynical bon mots and was terse, which I can't stand. I yeah. can't stand that. And I can't stand well, that. That, was... that happened to me all the time. That pigeonholing. It's not interesting to play, nor is mm-hmm. it interesting to watch. And it's it's a. Uh... I will say this though: you are good at it. 
So I actually don't know if that's true, but it's not. It's a well. I the think... test. No, the results came back. It is oh, true. Okay. Yeah, you got a seventy nine. Oh, that's what we did with the up our nose. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. COVID beat, is short for. Beat the rain. I I've never seen it, by the way. In PS, I never saw it. No. Oh, I saw when I when I was doing ADR. I saw some of it. But oh, the looping stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's I've not seen, and I don't even know if it's still called Beat the Rain. I have no idea. And and uh, Will Patton was in it. I love Will Patton. Yeah. Guy desperately yeah, seeking cool. Susan and a million cool. other things. I love him. Um, and, and also, I don't know if you know this. A young. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Young Rachel Brosnahan. Is that correct? Oh, could be. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, wow. A yeah. very young Rachel yeah, yeah, yeah. Brosnahan then. Uh, Might have been her first thing. Uh, but. Uh, also Kristen Minter. Um, I think uh, Rob Cohen was one of the writers on it, but there's 800 Rob Cohens. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the one that also wrote for the Stiller Show. Yes. Uh, Towering Disaster. Towering Disaster. Yeah. Right? Which say. is is still out there. Uh it's, it's a, percolating. People have it. People. It's, it's a. It's just a shame that the further we get away from Irwin Allen, yeah. the the harder it I, is we're going to come back around. Disaster. We're coming back. Around. I still think Towering Inferno is one of the good. It's great. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh, when it's, Fred Astaire's tying himself up. It's half Towering Inferno, half Poseidon Adventure. I know a little bit the of earthquake disaster. and a little bit of swarm. the Christmas tree turns over upside right. down. I remember right. it. I'm not kidding though. We are. That no, no, I, I, I believe ben, you. Ben, uh, I don't remember how it came up. This is like back during COVID. Oh, I know what it was. We did a reading on uh, Zoom. We did like a celebrity mm-hmm. reading of it for charity, mm-hmm. and and then we all were like, "Hey, this is actually pretty good." And yeah. then Ben and Red Hours Production Company were like, "Yeah, we should get this." And then Rob and I took it and been kind of. Cleaned it up and spruced it up and punched it up and then we took it out and it just has every single thing has to be spot on about something like that to truly truly be the best it can be. Um, okay, so we're, back to the five senses. We're gonna, we're gonna. I have feel to, like we've been talking forever. We have. That's the point. Oh my of this. gosh! I know. That's the point. You know, uh, quite often I'll be either uh, at a graveyard or a bar and people will come up to me and say, "Hey, man." What is HelloFresh? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. (laughs) Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Don't let recipe boredom strike because HelloFresh has more options than ever before. Dig into their biggest menu yet with over 45 dinner options to choose from weekly and even more market add-on items that suit any lifestyle. You know, like chickpeas. You know how that's a lifestyle. And (laughs) does your lifestyle include black olives? We got them. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. You know, folks, the ancient Egyptians said breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and HelloFresh agrees with those ancient Egyptians. In fact, they're giving all subscribers free breakfast for life? That means you'll enjoy a totally free breakfast item with every single HelloFresh delivery. Now, that's worth waking up early for! Go to HelloFresh.com slash censusfree and use code censusfree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash censusfree with code censusfree. We're at so an listen, hour. See what listen. I, why Carl Perry yelled at me for being <laughs> chatty? 
well, that's what the nature of what you're supposed to do here. Right, it's a podcast. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a talking. So I, I want to. Uh, there's two things. One yes. thing I want to bring up. Another thing is a is a, a brief little segment that I want to get to, um, which is a question from my daughter uh, yes. for you. Um, I want to have your reaction to this uh, on tape or uh, whatever. I. Uh, one of the many, many, many times that we were have done shows together, uh, we were at Caveat, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, Lower East Side, and just uh, and you're going to hate this because it it is it's I'm talking positively about you. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm, as I'm, you aware. Go. I'm already uh, now my shoulders just went up. <laughs> no, but I uh, and I said to you in all earnestness. And I could see it as I was mm-hmm. watching. I was like, I would like to do uh, a, an as unobtrusive documentary about you and just stand up. And you were like, abs- adamant, absolutely not. Right. No. Right? Absolutely yeah, not. Yeah, so I still feel the same. And I actually, <laughs> I, and I, call, I, and I then appreciate I, that you say that, but I, I can't think of uh, something that... Uh, Oh my gosh, no. And and no one would ever want to see it. No, that's not that's not true no. and that's not uh let's let's not get the cart before the horse. The idea Let, is Please, it won't work. Okay. <laughs> I would like to prove horse. you wrong. And I and then I contacted you like after you had said no, 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 no. Uh-huh. I was like, "Listen, I'm really been thinking about it. This is how to do it." Uh, it will be as uh, minimally invasive, invasive as possible. Is this all what that's about? Is this actually fake? <laughs> yes, this is. Yeah, Are we actually doing the, the documentary <laughs> yeah. right now? Uh, I think it would be, and and you know what? Uh, also, this is before that New York Times article came out, and then when the New York Times article came out, I was like, God damn it! Why won't you let me just at least get some shows? Because what you do is is uh you're you're extremely extemporaneous and it's the writing is on stage and it's performative and it doesn't matter if the audience is uh with you or not it doesn't matter how much energy no that's a good thing like I mean, it matters to me but i can't control it it it, right. it, it upsets me when they're not in but you're st- what, what the point i'm making is you're still a uh fast brilliant uh comic and uh and you're not you're not one of those like oh I love to watch some like people used to love to watch me bomb right because then I would get a, a certain mm-hmm. way and uh, you're not that that's not the kind of comic I'm talking about you're just still you're always kind of the same thing you're always you know uh, quick and uh, the only thing I, I would be open to is if you and I were doing shows together and somebody was filming it but that it then I in no way was the focus of it but that it would be uh because you do stand up in a similar way i mean yeah. you actually are yeah. much more of a writer a disciplined writer i know that but also uh how many kind of comedy things can people like there can't be any more books about stand-up or oral histories or yeah i mean and, i, I and so I, that's many not films what this... about stand-up uh i would i would first and foremost uh the building block of this whole thing the reason is you're unique. You, there's nobody quite like you in the in the stand-up world. There, there, you've influenced people, and there are people, and you can see it. But there's nobody like you. And if you were, even if you're uh, concerned about the 
impression uh, it leaves while you're watching it, after you've watched it, you would have to trust the, I mean, obviously you'd have final say and everything, but you would have to trust that, hey, if we just shoot for, you know, 32 hours worth of stuff over a year. Um, but isn't that I, but, just like doing a special? Because also. No, no, it is not. The no, thing it is, is not. Is no, it, it is not. It's It's not. The implication would be that I think it's a good idea, which I no. I, which, I mean, this would be Janine. I would sit there. We, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know me. I'm yeah. not gonna do a straight ahead thing. It could all be bookended with just you going. I don't want to do this. I'm not right. Gonna. But then nobody would believe they'd say. But then why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Like the well, then this conversation will be part of it. Right, but it still would. But yet, it still exists, and also, you're, I'd you're never not be like, able to have final say because I would never be able to watch it for editing. <laughs> never, I've not. I couldn't possibly watch or listen to. Well, myself. then you would have to trust me, your I, dear no, no, I, old I, friend. I would, but the thing is, is I, I really feel like I don't want to have a conversation with you after where you say, "I guess you were right." This, you wouldn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that we didn't have that. It will. Janine, it will be heartbreaking Janine, to to be proved correct. Don't don't negate something because you think it's going to be bad because i'm telling you i think it will be good I think, I and i think it would be it. uh uh intriguing and worthwhile and beneficial to thousands and thousands of women girls comedians want to be comedians writers right but i don't put a gender on it that's that's another thing like there's there's no difference between the gender and i don't consider like i i don't right, know well, why maybe that was me uh, maybe say, i was trying to appeal to that uh, you know i shouldn't have done that and appeal no, no, to no that's something. okay it's just that i i there's the way, nothing amber that really says, is gender says specific hi. to really what i do because also just uh are you are you are you not aware or are you denying that you're not a hero to some girls and women. I, uh, there may be uh, certainly uh, there every comic has there. There, there have are. been very nice, uh, com- you know, Bonnie McFarlane and Jesse Klein and uh, have mentioned that. Yeah, I, I am. I'm aware of that, and I'm thrilled. I don't know why it is that they are like that, but and then well, what did they say? I think part of it. No, no, I haven't said why. The I think part of it for some people back in the '90s was. Uh, even though there were a lot of people dressing like you and I did, there wasn't a lot of people dressing like you and I did on Evening at the Improv or on televised right. comedy segments. I think that actually was a, a more powerful uh, thing I mean, that that, in, that that reached some people was uh, this person looks different than Rita Rudner or, right. or even, you know, people that were d- well-dressed. Or had a outfit they wore mm-hmm. when they were on a talk show doing stand up. It was it was part and parcel of uh, the the kind of new our our delivery was different, our attitude was mm-hmm. different, our uh, that was expressed but it wasn't somewhat on in the purpose, clothes. It's just sort of the way uh, well, that's, we were we were. That's what people liked, and that's what people gravitated right, towards, and I- that's why this movement uh, uh, that wasn't ever uh, calculated or. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we, it wasn't like organized, but that's what happened. And mm-hmm. people were like, oh, do you, do you remember when um, I was visiting you in Houston? And, and we both got fired? And we both from went- From that comedy place? Yeah. because the Hyatt. Of, uh, Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, but was we that... both did get fired from the Hyatt. Yes, I got fired from the Hyatt. As did I. We were both on the same show. 
We were? Yes. Oh, shit. I don't... I met... That and was you were staying with me in Houston, and we were both at, at that Hyatt. Yeah, they did oh, not like us. Or you were perhaps doing a guest... Whatever it was, I was... No, at, I got... I did the Hyatt somewhere and got oh, okay. fired Well, we were both fired on the same night from... By the same place. Well, that's not what I was... I was thinking of the... What was the great legendary comedy club in Houston? Oh, the Comedy Workshop. Comedy Workshop. We mm-hmm. went there. You brought me as a guest. Mm-hmm. You're very, you know... Uh, uh, and and you were ascending, and everybody was like, "Oh, Janine's here," and you're like, "This is my friend David Cross. He's he's really good." Can we? Yeah, and I was like, and the owners, the husband and wife, the Menzels, the Menzels, Sharon and, and I forget his. Name. Uh, they both. Uh, I'm going to use the phrase dressed me down uh, because of my outfit, which was like shorts. That's odd. Or or torn jeans. Oh, yeah. I remember it very well. I and don't uh, that. it was disrespectful to the audience because I was wearing like a bowling shirt. Was it a, a weekend? I um, don't remember. Because that's remember. odd because there was a lot of informal dressers uh, at the country workshop. was actually pretty good. Oh, I, I was. And the, ba- yeah, and I it was remember. Hot as balls in Houston. But that they did that. Uh, I don't know what in the world. That's crazy because also they yeah. could have said that to a number of comedians who work there and they, didn't. I'm very sorry that happened. Well, it wasn't, it, you know, it was um, more Fuck of a them. disappointment and like a. You know, because they must have taken it personally of their club. Like somehow it was, it they was, think Well, that's that, what it was. The idea was I was being disrespectful to, to the audience. And that, well, also. Uh, Menzel, the the man, I, I I forget. He was actually in Terms of Endearment. He played the doctor in Terms of Endearment. Um, I can remember him saying to me, um, and they were very supportive of me. But when uh, there there was a acting course offered mm-hmm. through them, they were getting some money for it, like when they were offering it. And I remember thinking, should I take this? And he said, I don't know. I. The way you look and stuff, you're not going to get it. He was, he didn't know he, it's mm-hmm. unkind to say such a thing. Uh, he was, he, to him, he being, was a saving me some time, wasted yeah. time. And he, he's just like, uh, it, because also I, back, this is before empowerment. Do you mm. remember that, Dave? There was no such thing as empowerment. I've heard of uh, it. My there, wife there, is, has uh, t shirts with that word on it. You were not blessed with curves. You were not plus sized. You were not big, beautiful. You were not zofty. You, you either thin or you were fat. That and that's I that's like the way to say it is. Rubenesque. And there was a just uh, and people were very blunt in those days, much more blunt. No fat chicks. No fat chicks. The bumper sticker. Yeah. Although that does make me laugh. I have to say. <laughs> that bumper sticker makes me laugh. Uh, it always did from the seventies straight. Now it's like Cheez Its. I never tire of Cheez Its. They're always good. Um, the the so he said and just very in that way you. Pragmatically, you know, don't don't you you, you know you you're overweight. Uh, you're not you know particularly. And he was being just being himself. Oh, wow. and, and he's like, I, I just never don't overweight. think it That's would. That's so it crazy. Would. That and and he was willing to lose money, kickback money, to say yeah. that. So I think he thought he was being quite helpful. And as mm-hmm. I said, they gave me a lot of stage time. Uh, well, there, the club and I is always enjoyed so. the comedy workshop, the comedy annex, yeah. um, a fantastic venue. Very, very sad to have lost that. And a lot of great comics worked there. Yeah. And there was open seven nights and it, and it accidentally curated a very good audience because there actually were very thoughtful, good comics. And, you know, when you were talking about that movement or like more... Less jokey, more talky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has always and existed. Personal. And personal. And personal. It has always existed. It's just that it was harder to see 
them uh, over the years. It existed in San Francisco. Yeah. Mort Saul, in a way, did it. Mm-hmm. But the uh, this is it, uh, something I, I I discovered listening to audio cassettes of Patti Smith, mm-hmm. the singer, the wonderful singer Patti Smith, speaking Patty at Smith. a gallery open for her friend, uh, uh, Matt, Matt, the photographer, is it Matt, her former roommate, uh, the, the photographer that she lived with. Who? Uh, oh, Patty, Patty Smith? Smith. Oh, Robert Mapplethorpe. Robert Mapplethorpe. Yeah. And she was doing what we would call, quote unquote, alternative comedy. And I mm-hmm. don't call it that. You don't call it that. It was just called that. She's hilarious. She's like speaking mm-hmm. and saying personal funny stories. She's doing that. She's like at doing Luna Lounge. It's like right. 1973. And I'm like, Maybe we should say Patti Smith has originated this style, but it sure. it exists if that's who you are. It's always existed. I, I, yes, and I think part of the reason it was um, it's as definitive as it became was you've you got to remember the context that when it was uh, starting. Uh, stand-up was at its apex. It was the comedy boom, and mm-hmm. it was suddenly, within a year, two years tops, everywhere. Right. And it was all over the TV, which in ways mm-hmm. it was only on The Tonight Show or, right. uh, you know, the well, Johnny the Marie show. Well, just the late-night talk shows and then a handful of other ways. But, but there were only one late-night right. well, I, I know. I mean, there, there, was, there always was local in, in local. Boston had one. Their local stand-up shows and uh, – Toronto well, had one, most, even in the seventies and stuff. But I know what you're saying. Mostly, they I take didn't. your point. And and uh, it was hard and, to see. Stand-up. And there were only a handful of places where you'd go to see stand up. Right. And then all of a sudden, again, within a year or two, chains. I mean, there was uh, exponentially like ten times as many right. venues, and so the people that were like, "Hey, I can make money doing this," who weren't very good, uh, all aped the style of the mm-hmm. you know the blazer with the rolled up sleeves right. and the skinny tie and also the... unfortunately there was pressure to do that by tv people like or yeah, 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 or yeah, no I, I mean so, yeah, that's was... all part of it but mm-hmm. that so that's why somebody like yourself or you know Marin or me or all the all our friends from that scene you know uh uh louie and laura and and all the people right. you know uh stood out and we, Paula Poundstone would do very, yeah, very personal. Type. Absolutely, I would go see her night after night, yeah. and and of course George Carlin. But he was, as I discovered, very written. I didn't oh, know he, that. Very, uh, but I would watch him workshop yeah. shows, and yeah. I, I realized, oh, he's yeah, every word is yeah. is honed, but he's making it seem. Um, Janine, I have got the to go because I'm I'm I gotta relieve the. I'm, I'm just gonna hang out here. Yeah, you because can, I have but I gotta some, go. I'm gonna knock out a bunch of voiceover stuff. Okay. But I have a question. Uh, I ask each my each of my guests well, a get question. To, get to you let me get a word in edgewise here. It's a question from my daughter. Yes. Uh, and I'm gonna. She has a couple here. I'm going to. Um, I asked her. Uh, <laughs> so this is a question I'm going to ask you. Does sweat clean pennies? Oh, that is actually a good question. In so far as perhaps enzymatically, it might. Um, does she ask that because of experience, like uh, in her hands, like pennies? Because pennies yeah, she, are very she, dirty. Yes, uh, and she knows that, and she certainly knows that a New York City penny is probably one of the dirtiest things on the planet. And uh, but she 
learned the idea, the concept of a lucky penny. Find a penny, pick it right. up, and all the day up. Good luck. So she wants to pick up, get pennies for Wait, well, good she, luck. Well, you should pick them up and then sanitize them. I think the question remains, does sweat, sweat clean pennies? I would say, pennies? in answer, if she's saying, will the sweat in my hand, when I pick it up from the street, clean it? I would say no. That, because there's just bacteria upon bacteria. If you could isolate sweat, maybe, because sweat is a way of your pores cleansing themselves. So I understand where she's going, but I, I would well, say so no. Well, it's a way to cool yourself down, too. But also, she should be on the lookout for what are called wheat pennies. Um, honestly, I save them. Yeah. My mother saved them, and I collect them. Uh, they stopped making pennies. wheat pennies probably in around 1952. Because of celiac's disease. That's not true. They just changed the back of it. There's no longer stalks of wheat. They just changed what the penny looks like. Because of celiac's disease. It's gluten-free. It's a gluten-free penny. The gluten, the gluten, uh, the gluten Michigas wasn't mm-hmm. in play. But they, uh, but if you, if she finds wheat pennies, and you still can, and I have some from 1927, I literally that I will get um, on any given day, they're still, and I like to imagine the journey that pennies went on, but I've got wheat pennies from like the 1920s, the 30s, the 40s, and then they end around 19, maybe 58's the last time. But the back of the penny will look different, and she, they're just something to collect, and uh, some of them are worth a great yeah. deal of money. Yeah. Uh, Janine Garofalo, thank you so Dave much. Cross, my dear you. old friend. Thank you. It was a pleasure, and I can't, this seat is good. John good. Hodgman was correct. The swivel seat is a great choice for those coming. I'll have to try it someday. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Senses Working Overtime is a HeadGum podcast created and hosted by me, David Cross. The show is edited by Katie Skelton and engineered by Nicole Lyons with supervising producer Emma Foley. Thanks to Demi Druchin for our show art and Mark Rivers for our theme song. For more podcasts by HeadGum, visit HeadGum.com or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe we'll read it on a future episode. I'm not going to do that. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum Podcast.